This is the podcast by the Straits Times. It's time for Sport Home, where we collaborate uh, with the SD Sports uh, Desk uh, podcast, a game of two halves. And today we have with us in the studio, Assistant Sports Editor Lo Ling Fong, and also National Sprinter Shanti Pereira, who is on the cover of ST's uh, sports section today. Well, we kick, she kicks off the first in a five-part comeback series on the Singapore's Sea Games Athletes. And Shanti will be competing in the Southeast Asian Games in the Philippines next month in the 100, uh, 200 and the relays in track and field. And the second half of our show, we can talk about the special one or the smiley one, uh, which is the, the, the new Tottenham Hotspur uh, manager Jose Marino calls himself these days. We have uh, James Walton, uh, head of Deloitte Southeast Asia and uh, Sports Business Group, uh, calling you to talk us about the newly appointed boss. Well, first off, of course, uh, Shanti, welcome to the show. Uh, Lingfong, welcome to the show as well. Uh, this is about your comeback from disappointment at the 2017 Games in Kuala Lumpur. Can you tell us what happened in that 200-meter final? Yeah, when I was running the 200 meters, uh, I guess I was I had a lot of pressure from the previous games because I won the gold medal in 2015. So uh, when it came to the 2017 Sea Games, the 200 meter event, I was you know really pressured to win the gold medal again. Mm-hmm. And so um, I guess it kind of got to me, and I didn't manage to win it in the end. I got mm-hmm. a bronze. You got a bronze, yeah. right? Yeah. So so how did you manage to find that 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 motivation again after all that? I guess a part of me kind of knew that. That wasn't the end. You know, I'm not done with my journey just yet. So no matter what, I can't give up. I have to find some kind of some kind of way to get over it and just move on and let it go and just continue my training and find and start the start the year fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I know that 2018 is also being tough for you. I mean, you had a number of injuries as well. Uh, how difficult was it to kind of uh, get back to your to your best level? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was an even harder thing to get over. Because uh, it required a lot more training and um, focus in my training. So I guess it took me a while uh, because I did suffer an injury um, twice. So I had to take some time to really rest properly and, you know, start building back up my strength. So I think it took quite a few number of months, but I finally managed to get strong again and um, start producing better timings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you broke the 100 meters national record as the, at the Asian Athletic Championships in, in April mm-hmm. and you have the fastest time in Southeast Asia this year. So, so how are you feeling ahead of the SEA Games and, and what do you hope to achieve there? I don't know. I'm just very, I'm just really excited now <laughs> at this point because, um, I mean, yeah, I did uh, a good time at, uh, in April but I think everyone is kind of shaping up really well and the competition is really fierce so I'm excited to see what's going to happen for both the 100 and 200. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm just really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. And we know that we're also here that you have a very uh, special pair of uh, tattered <laughs> socks that you wear for big races. <laughs> is, is that something we will even see at the SEA Games? Um, those tattered socks are dated way back in the day so I do how, not have them anymore. How way back? How way back? I used it in, when I was in secondary school and yeah, I'm not I'm not in secondary school anymore. So <laughs> yeah, I changed it up. Now I don't even wear socks when I run. Okay, so yeah. do you even will be bringing it with you to the no, games? No, yeah, I threw it away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So we wish you all the very best. Thank so you. I'm sure you're gonna you're gonna do your best at the Philippines, and I'm sure many of us here in Singapore will be rooting for you. Yes, thank and you. And here at Money FM and a Four for Straits Times, uh, the 
the team as well. Well, Lin Fung, tell us more about the, what we can expect from the ST Athlete Series. Okay, so after Shanti, you know, for tomorrow, uh, tomorrow's papers, you will see, you read a story about Tia Sun Xie, who is our national shooter. She's a Commonwealth Games uh, gold medalist. So she missed out on 2017 SEA Games because she wasn't picked for the team. Uh, she's making a comeback this time. There's also rugby player Daryl Chia, who tore his ACL ligament, uh, mm-hmm. also in the last, before the last SEA Games. Mm-hmm. So he's making a comeback from injury. There's Shemin Tung, who was a modern pentathlete, who was in our studios a couple of weeks ago. That's right. That's so right, she yeah. made a comeback. She was a shooter. She went to modern pentathlon, then kayaking, and then mm-hmm. back to pentathlon again. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shinta Mulia Sari, who's our badminton player, mm-hmm. she's coming back from uh, motherhood, which is quite interesting. So just gave birth, gave birth in the three years when she was away and back in the SEA Games squad. Mm-hmm. So it was an interesting read for everyone. Who do you feel have a good chance of, of making Singapore proud? Everyone, I think. <laughs> Especially Shanti here, you know. We're going to put her on the spot and say she's going to win gold medals. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. No, I think I'm sure that the next uh, uh, two weeks or so, we will be all rooting for, for the SEA Games, performance of our athletes. And I'm sure uh, it comes every two years, once every two years. So I'm sure this one, it's, it's, it's something that we all can identify. We're all familiar with the SEA Games. And we're all backing each of our athletes who's out there battling for the country. So if you like Money FM, spot on at the game of two halves from the Straits Times. You can listen live on Money FM 89.3 from about 5.15 every Monday around about this time. Or you can subscribe to a game of two halves on Apple Podcasts and uh, Google Podcasts or even the Spotify. Uh, like us and give us a rating as well. So for our second half, we're going to talk about the special one or the smiley one, which is what the new Tottenham Hotspur manager Jose Mourinho calls himself these days. Well, he certainly has, he has changed uh, quite a fair bit from what he has uh, uh, spoken to the media so far. We have James Walton, head of uh, Deloitte Southeast Asia's uh, Sports Business Group, uh, calling in to talk about the newly appointed boss. Well, James, I understand uh, football and Spurs are big passions of yours. Obviously, the biggest topic in EPL uh, has been about uh, Maurizio Pochettino's uh, sacking from Spurs and his replacement, Jose Marino. First off, do you think that Pochettino's sacking was, was warranted? It's been a difficult uh, 12 months for Spurs. If you look back over the course of the last year, I mean, 25 points, I think, from 24 games, which is effectively relegation form. They hadn't won an away game since Fulham in, in January. And across all competitions, they had lost more games in 2019 than any other Premier League team. So, so something clearly wasn't right. I mean, the, some of the players looked very uh, out of form. And, and in fact, if you look at 2019, there are managers that are under a lot of pressure. Uh, you know, Silva at Everton, uh, Unai Emery at Arsenal have actually got, both of them have got 10 points more in 2019 in the, in the Premier League than Pochettino had. So I think his success in the Champions League and what he had done over the last four or five years for Tottenham in terms of getting them into those top four places had definitely bought him more time. Uh, I think if you had gone on his track record alone from January to May, he may not have still been in a job in the in the summer even. It bought him a bit more time, but ultimately, it just didn't look like it was going to turn around anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Well, James, everybody's uh, jumping in with their comments about the whole uh, drama uh, over Pochettino and, of course, uh, Marino. I mean, even Gary Lineker was uh, heard saying that Pochettino helped uh, Spurs a punch massively above their weight for years and that they won't find a better replacement. Do you agree with him? I think there's some other circumstances in all of this as well. I mean, Pochettino didn't really have a, a hand to play in, for example, Harry Kane first breaking into the team. That was under Tim Sherwood. Mm-hmm. Um, players like Deli Ali were, were signed 
were not actually signed by, by Pochettino. They were signed by the club. So there's an element that a manager can only work with the players that he has. Now, to his credit, he's done that with very little transfer spending, a, a very low net spend, and by bringing through some very talented youngsters as well in terms of how he's nurtured them and, and developed them. If you take what Lineker said at face value, you know, how many man- better managers are there in world football you talk about your Guardiolas, your your Jurgen Klopp's, people like that. But there is still a stigma hanging over Pochettino, which is that he hasn't won a trophy. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a feeling in Spurs is that this team, as they have it, how much longer can they keep this team together? How much longer will Harry Kane be willing to play for a team that is not challenging for trophies and, and some of the other players? And we're already seeing now Ericsson, Tongan, Toby Alderal, Danny Rose coming out of contracts and refusing to sign their, their new contracts in the next year. So there's a feeling that really if this team is ever going to win a trophy, it, it's now or never. And then the question really gets down to, is Pochettino that man that could help them win that trophy? And I think the feeling on, on behalf of Daniel Levy was obviously no. Mm-hmm. And obviously the responsibility now lies on uh, Moreno. I mean, Moreno may call himself the smiley one now, but, but given his personality, which seems to overshadow every club that he's been to, do you think this is a concern as well? Well, he's on a three-and-a-half-year contract, which if his track record is anything to go by, maybe <laughs> about six months longer than he will he will last. You know, mm-hmm. he, he seems to do these cycles where he first arrives and he's very smiley and happy and says that he's learned his lesson and that now will be different. And invariably, he wins a trophy in the first year. Mm-hmm. Um, and announces that he is special and everything is great. And then what seems to happen is that he he picks favorites, he alienates some players, he starts to um, get on the wrong side of the referees, get on the wrong side of the press, and invariably by year two you can see already where things are, are going. And by year three he tends to make his own situation almost untenable mm. um, to a point where the club has to let him go. So it will be interesting to see how, how it goes. But one thing is absolutely certain if you go by his track record is that he will win trophies Mm -hmm. and I think from a Spurs point of view this is in a way is a little bit of a short-term fix is as I say with with the team for what we've got left of them in the next year or two can we win some trophies and can that then encourage people to to stay on a little bit longer and, and hope that this is not like the England team of the of the 90s into the early 2000s a golden generation that that doesn't deliver there is one other factor in all this, of course, which is now that the stadium project has finished, there's very strong rumors that Daniel Levy and Enoch are thinking about selling the club mm-hmm. and maximizing their value. And all the publicity that having Jose Mourinho in charge of the club has brought, as we've already seen in the last couple of days, and with a documentary being shot from inside the club this season for, for TV as well, it probably won't hurt the, uh, the sale price of the club if they really are looking to exit if they have Mourinho in charge and can bring a trophy to to the club. Right, right. Well, Mourinho also said in a press conference that the best gift are the players. I mean, Spurs are not a not a big spending club, mm-hmm. and that seems uh, contradictory to what uh, Mourinho likes to do. So, would this become an issue as well? So it was interesting to hear him in his first conference talking about the fact that he's not planning on any buy, buying any players in January, and that he has an understanding around that. He was talking about how great the academy was. And in fact, if you actually look back over the last year or so, even back to when he was at Man United, he was very complimentary of of Spurs, saying that Spurs had a much better squad, much better players. Now, that may have been, you know, a little bit mind games to put pressure on 
on Pochettino at the time and, and excuse his own failures at Man United. Mm. But you also look and see that this is a, a manager who over his career has tried to sign several of these players. He's mm-hmm. come out and said he tried to sign Eric Dyer. He tried to sign Lucas Moura mm. when he was at Real Madrid. He obviously would have loved to have had Harry Kane and, and Toby Alderweireld was a player he signed up, uh, tried to sign at Man United. So I think he genuinely does believe that this is a better squad than the squad he inherited at Man United. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing here is Pochettino was very clear that one of the reasons things were not going right was the squad was in desperate need of just some some churn, some some fresh legs, and and that the squad is in need of regeneration. Mm -hmm. And his plan for last summer was to let four or five players go, bring through four or five players, and, and he believes that you need to do that to keep a, a team regenerating, mm-hmm. and that didn't happen. So it will be interesting to see now with so many players out of contract and even players that potentially could sign pre-contracts in January with new teams, how will he get those players to perform? Because if, if Alderaal, Vertonghen, Rose and Eriksson have their minds elsewhere and are in contract talks or even signed contracts with other teams, it could be a very difficult second half of the season to keep that team motivated. Mm-hmm. James Walton, head of Deloitte Southeast Asia's Sports Business Group. Thank you for joining us here today. And there goes our final whistle for our sports discussion this week. We really hope you enjoyed listening to us. Of course, this has been a Sport On or Game of Two Halves. And big thanks to our colleagues, uh, the Straits Times Assistant Sports Editor, Lo Ling Fong as well. Thank you, buddy. And thank you to you, uh, National Sprinter Shanti Pereira. Thank you for coming in the studio. Yeah, thank you. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times and The Business Times online.